Welcome back to the UDL Forward podcast, where we continue our exploration of the latest and most innovative practices in universal design for learning. I'm your host, Melissa Emler. And I'm Mia Schmiel, joining Melissa once again as your co-host. As passionate advocates of UDL, we are committed to bringing you real-life conversations about the practical aspects of UDL implementation. In today's episode, we'll discuss UDL and AI. It's an important subject that deserves our attention. Both of us have been personally learning and playing with AI for months now, and we'll share some of what we've been learning to help really eliminate some of the barriers you may be experiencing. UDL always begins with a goal, and our goal today is to open your eyes to the opportunities AI creates for learning. That's right. Let's dig in and let's move UDL forward. All right, Mia, we are back and it's an exciting conversation today as we are going to dig into AI as it relates to UDL. So do you have any initial thoughts to kick off the conversation? I've just been thinking a lot about the opportunities that tools like like ChatGPT are providing teachers and thinking about unpacking goals and, and thinking through how do we provide opportunities for, for our students? Like this is an incredible tool for us as professionals and for us to help students become comfortable with. Like the power that we have right now absolutely blows my mind. And I learn something new every single day. So Mia, I'm really excited that you started the conversation with thinking about the implications and acknowledging the implications that this has for the teachers and the adults, for you and I to really unleash the power of what AI can do and to start with us. And I have to say that I was really shocked by Pew Research. They put an article out at the very beginning of June. And in that article, they mentioned that only 14% of people in the United States had actually tried Mm -hmm. using ChatGPT, tried putting a prompt in. And even if not ChatGPT, only 14% had essentially prompted a recently released AI tool powered by a large language model. Mm -hmm. Now, that to me is astonishing. Because there was no shortage of articles in the world about how AI was going to impact school and what schools should be doing to deal with AI inside of our classrooms. And yet only 14% of adults had actually even attempted to use it. So like you were saying, we have an incredibly powerful tool at our disposal and people aren't trying it. So we don't really, access without use equals no benefit. Absolutely. So for those folks that are are listening today, if you haven't gone to ChatGPT, please do so. Use this opportunity to to just play and become comfortable with, with the tool and know that there is this, or there's a level of discomfort every time we're learning something new. And ChatGPT, I feel like, Everybody knows it's it's new and there is this misconception that it is going to take over the world and that it's going to become this unyieldy beast that you know we we won't have control over. So I feel like because it's new that can be scary for folks. 
And because there are so many misconceptions out there, it feels like it's better for us to be hands-off. And the tool we know has so many opportunities, not only for us as educators, but for our students who, you know, look at a, a blank page and that creates anxiety for them. Or, you know, they need feedback on mm-hmm. a particular you know, piece of writing. You know, ChatGPT can, can do that. So I feel like if if you're listening today, if you haven't played, please go play. Like, start playing. Yeah. And you know what? Because we want you to go play, let's start by talking a little bit about what people should do when they get to the screen. Now, first of all, we talk about ChatGPT. And so it, you just go to, if you just Google ChatGPT and click on OpenAI, you will land there. We recommend that you sign in with your Google sign-in or your Microsoft sign-in, or you can create a username and password, but essentially you have to create an account to get in there. Once you do that, it is free. There are other tools, Bard. So if you go to bard.google.com, you will have a similar interface as ChatGPT. Another one is Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E dot I-O, which is another very similar product coming out from another company called Anthropic. And I mention all three of those because we'll talk about what to do with those in a second. But again, you know, it's a marketplace. So there's ChatGPT was the first one to release their large language model to the world. However, there have been several since. But once you are there, essentially it is functions like chat interface. And so when we say try it, we really want you to prompt it is the right language. So you put in a prompt. And typically when I'm prompting, I give it a job. So I might say, you are the best second grade teacher in the United States. So that's the first thing, give it a job and then ask it to do something specific. Create a lesson plan for standard 5.1.2. I don't know what that is. I don't have the standards right in front of me, but create a standard for whatever the number is with a brief description of that standard. And then ask it to create uh, three different options to assess that standard. And you will see your chatbot give you a response. And because you are a highly qualified teacher and you know what you are essentially looking for, you will be able to assess, because of your critical thinking skills, the quality of the response from the chatbot to see if it is something that you can use. And we invite you to find any number of reasons to practice and play with ChatGPT. So we gave you, you know, it will come up with a lesson plan for you. It would also write a parent letter regarding a field trip coming up or any number of things that you may need to communicate with parents about. It could, if you put in the details that you're trying to convey to the parents as the context with your prompt, it will produce something that is you can either use or you can rework, but it will get rid of that blank page. So again, we encourage you to to try it because only 14% of people as of June had tried it. And that's a limitation. So that's where we want you to start. And and Missy, I just want to call out something you said earlier about using your critical thinking skills. And there is a, I don't want to say danger, that might be too harsh, but there is, I feel like a misconception that if you 
plug in a standard and you ask for three options, yay, you're doing UDL, right? And, and you and I have had this conversation before about it's a starting point, right? You know the context of your classroom. You know what you have available as outside resources to bring into the classroom. Like it is a starting point for people to think through, how do I remove barriers for learners, right? And it's, it's more than just plug in, rock and roll, head to the classroom. I've used chat GPT as like a launching point when I've been coaching teachers. Like, okay, if this is the standard and if this is the assessment we're using, let's try to identify some options for students that, you know, maybe would work. Or we're thinking through the redesign of a unit. I was just working with a teacher last week. She's redesigning a unit that's more locally based. And she was able to take some of the writing pieces and using ChatGPT, create some more kind of a local context for students to connect to. And because of that, her lesson design for one particular day changed dramatically because she can use a different piece of writing, have students reflect on it in a couple different ways. But she did that because she knows her context. And it wasn't just a plug-in like what your prompt is going to be and leave. It was really thinking through what are these options that ChatGPT has has given me and and what makes sense for my classroom? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and I think the thing that I think is the most interesting when working with teachers with this newfound tool, this newfound technology, is there's before teachers actually practice and use it for their own use case, for, to benefit their own work. They are a little bristly and on edge and fearful about how students might use the tool to sort of skirt responsibility or cheat, right? And so I have found that that is an, the initial thought process when first showing people the power of a large language model being used through AI. But when they shift their work and their prompts to sort of identify just what Mia was saying in regards to adjusting or adapting or redesigning a unit of study, it really is helpful. And they start to realize, oh, this tool can help me And if it can help me, then potentially it can help my students without feeling this fear that the students are going to cheat and people are going to get away with something. So I think think that before we can get all up in arms about the debate about how and if we should use ChatGPT or large language models in the classroom, we really have to see how we can use it as an individual first. And again, using it to plan lessons and redesign some of the things that happen in your classroom is one way to do that. And when you are struggling to meet the needs of a learner, ask ChatGPT for help. You are the, so you give it a job, you are the best second grade teacher in the country. You have a student who does not like the morning routine and is always up and out of her seat. What can I do to better prepare, to to make this environment better for my student who does not like the morning routine? 
and it would it will help you. It will give you a response and then you can assess the degree to which that response is helpful. And you can give the ChatGPT more information and more context and it will give you more options. And you can continue to work that process through the prompting for as long as you need to. So it's a support for you as much as it is for your students. And I love that you're bringing up like our own experiences using the tool and how we're very cognizant then of of our own learning, right? So what was supportive for, for me as a learner using a new tool that potentially would help students become more comfortable in using the tool as well? And you and I have talked before about a symposium that I was able to attend uh, about a month ago that was put on by UW-Madison. And it was a, a two-day symposium that focused solely on the potential for AI, so tools like ChatGPT and BARD, those tools to be supportive pieces of the writing process. And I'll be like totally honest with you, I was shocked to hear higher ed faculty talking about the shifts they were making in the writing process to include tools like ChatGPT and BARD. And the ways that they have now really begun the process of bringing AI into that process included things like when, when students are stuck and they have you know the blank page anxiety, like how do we help students use something like BARD or ChatGPT to remove that anxiety? Like how do we help them see that part of my block as a writer is when I'm getting started, right? All thinking from a UDL lens, like what do I need as a learner right now? And tying that to chat GPT and BARD. Helping folks within certain stages of their writing process. So putting in maybe a, a thesis statement or your introductory paragraph and getting feedback on it as a learner. And it's more than just plugging in the prompt that a teacher has given a student and then copying and pasting the output from chat GPT or BARD. It is using the tool for feedback, for options. Again, helping students with that blank page kind of anxiety and also helping really bring together that idea of of critical thinking. So if if a student puts in their piece of writing and chat GPT gives them feedback, do you agree with the feedback? Is the feedback grounded in evidence? Really interesting thoughts coming out of um, UW-Madison faculty about you know, how to use AI tools and it was really, really enlightening to hear it becoming part of that learning process. And in reality, because those things are happening at the higher ed level, we can feel okay helping students at the middle school and high school level become comfortable with those tools and learn how to use them at the point that feels right for them. So just some really interesting ideas coming out of, you know, some higher ed faculty. Yeah. So I initially I talked about the three different tools that were sort of mainstream now for the large language model being ChatGPT, BARD, and Claude. And one of the interesting things that I've seen people do is put the same prompt into all three of them and then compare and contrast the outcome and then choose the one that you like the best or potentially use the outcome from one 
to prompt another one to include different pieces because they will all look different. They will give you different outputs. And when you combine the outputs is probably when you'll get the best answer or the best solution for what you're actually prompting it to do. And so that is really an interesting way to get at that critical thinking component of, you know, really assessing whether or not the output is what the learner wants. And so really helping students see that it is about prompting. You have to be able to prompt appropriately to get a response that is useful. But then you also have to understand that there's potentially multiple responses and it's the intertwining of all of them that gets you what you really want. And I just want to remind us that back in the day, 2006, 7, 8, when Google became a little more mainstream and our, we would find ourselves in workshops about ed tech or Google and people would say, if it can be Googled, you should ask a better question. <laughs> Don't ask questions if they can be Googled. They're not good enough. <laughs> well, that's a really interesting thought and it's all fine and good. And I agree with that to an extent. And... I think the biggest shift with AI is that it isn't about the teachers asking better questions anymore. It's about supporting our learners in asking better questions Absolutely. and tying those questions to the cognitive practices that really get to a deeper level of thinking. And when we can do that, our prompting will be better and our learners' prompting will be better. And there's a need to model that. So that's, that's what I'm thinking about. And also, you know, as, as students use the tool, being very cognizant of how did it help you? What did you gain from using mm -hmm. this tool? Did you use it at the right time? And, and that was something that came out of one of the, the sessions at the symposium of actually identifying where within your writing you used the tool and what did you learn from it? So really thinking through the writing process in a metacognitive way that I don't know we've really thought about before. You know, really thinking through, like, did, did the input from, you know, the, from chat GPT or BOD, BOD, I'm thinking Claude, chat GPT, BARD or, or, yeah. or Claude, <laughs> did it make sense for you? And just clearly calling it out where that's different than I feel some of us are like, just don't use it right? And being very transparent in our use and thinking through it's here. And if we all of a sudden lock it down and we return to the 45-minute essay writing that everybody does together in the classroom, we will unintentionally create barriers again. And, you know, this movement to thinking through what, you know, what works best for our students when we know the goal, that is something that we, we have to you know, keep at the forefront of our design. So the other thing that I've learned recently, so I have a pro subscription to Grammarly. Have you seen the new Grammarly, Mia? Have you seen it at all? Not the pro version, but Grammarly, yes. Yeah, so all of you that are listening and you don't have the pro version, but you, you know, get the underlines and emails or wherever things pop up, that's very helpful. But I actually have the pro version because I was working with... A client who, this is a really great story. So I'm going to just tell you the whole story. So actually, I've been working with Ocali on a very big project that we will release soon. And Ocali is, shout out to my Ohio friends, Ocali is 
essentially the Ohio equivalent to what Mia and I are doing in the state of Wisconsin. And they have a team of people throughout their state that are working on UDL implementation. And I have been working with that crew, Ron and Sherry, Tracy, shout out to all of you, um, and Heidi. And I am ecstatic about the work that they've been doing. And so we're creating this project. It's going to be released soon. I will definitely talk about it and invite them on when it's released. But it's going through lots of stages of approval. And one of the pieces of feedback that our team got was related to the tone of the document that we had sent on. And they wanted us to rewrite with essentially a less authoritative tone so that the document that we were creating would be more accessible. And it was really interesting feedback because we were creating basically a very formal document that would be housed on like a state education department website, right? So you can imagine the formality that it was, you know, written with. So we actually used ChatGPT as a support. We asked it to analyze the tone so that we could get a feel for, you know, what what is it about the tone that is sort of putting people that are reading it off? And it did a really good job of analyzing it. And then we went through a process to sort of rewrite what we were doing. And it was really interesting. And then my friend Ron at O'Kelly said, let's put it also like we've we've sort of done some rewriting with the support of ChatGPT, but let's also put it through Grammarly, the pro version of Grammarly, to see what suggestions they have. It has in terms of the, the specific tool of Grammarly. And I'm just going to tell you that I have learned so much about writing since I have used Grammarly Pro. I am blown away. And let me just give you some very specific examples. So first of all, like I use the word moving towards uh, implementation. Like, you know, I use the word towards as a preposition. It's not, you you should not use, it's just toward, (laughs) moving toward implementation. Do you know how many times I have like been told to change that implementation? The other thing that I've learned a lot is they give me suggestions to rewrite for clarity. And it is unbelievable how much clarity I've found. One second. So I've learned a lot about the rewriting for clarity, but I also have noticed patterns in the writing that as a team we collectively did that we could, with Grammarly Go's suggestions, we could really simplify and clarify and reduce the number of words by taking the automatic feedback from Grammarly and accepting those changes. I don't have a specific number of pages that we were able to cut out of the document, but it was a significant number. Because we would say things like, we would just, there's a lot of places where you use extra words and it says the exact same thing. But when it's underlined and you look for the suggestion, it takes those three words and turns it into one in an instant. And your writing is much, much better for it. And I'm an English teacher by trade and training. So I'm a good writer. But having Grammarly Go's feedback, and suggestions is unbelievably helpful. So shout out to my friend, Ron, who was, you got to check this out. My middle school 
English teacher heart is like so happy right now in hearing you talk about because <laughs> I go now to like if, if being in the classroom and this might be something that I, I can coach around with a couple of folks that I'm, I'm in districts with. But, you know, how do we help kids see those patterns in their own writing? Like I have been trying to do that for 20 years and helping kids see you're you're too wordy here or you're using the wrong tense here and helping them see their own patterns and and being able to use that data. Yes, and it is a pattern. Yes, it absolutely is. So being able to use that tool. It's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And the new Grammarly is AI driven. There is an Mm -hmm. AI underneath of it. And, you know, there's AI in lots and lots of tools, Uh, maybe not as robust as ChatGPT or Claude in terms of like just coming up with language. But there is AI underneath several tools, but the patterns that you can see when you're employing grammar, Grammarly is just absolutely unbelievable. And it has impacted the work that I'm producing going forward because I can guarantee I do not use as many ofs and I do not use towards ever <laughs> anymore. I'm not doing it. But I, I think about that from a UDL perspective, right? So as a learner, You've learned to identify patterns in your writing. You've had some metacognitive practice in thinking through, oh, I I see this now. And you've made changes. So as a learner, you've used the tool to help you really think about writing in a different way. Again, my middle school English teacher heart was like, I want to be in the classroom to help kids use a tool like this and identify where can they shift as a writer? Right. And I didn't have to wait and rely on my English teacher to get that feedback and to catch everything. Because as English teachers, you and I both know, there's only so many pieces of feedback that you can provide in writing. And when you're reading through so many papers and practice opportunities, you, you still cannot see every space. You might catch those big glaring grammar pieces, but when it comes to writing for clarity and getting rid of wordiness, like that takes practice and it takes time. And there's just not enough human time to give every learner the feedback that they need to really improve their writing. And Grammarly sort of solves that, which frees teachers up to get more granular in those critical thinking skills, which is really what is at the root of the writing. Certainly grammar, clarity, conciseness, those pieces are really important to writing quality. However, it is really, really important to get those those broader pieces of feedback that can have a longer lasting impact on the, the patterns in which you write in. So I'm a huge fan of that. And that had a very direct impact on my own personal learning. And if I was using that in the classroom, it would certainly impact the learners. So again, I always come back to what are you testing out personally first? What are you getting comfortable with in the shift to AI that's going to impact what your learners experience in your classroom? And Missy, I'm I'm leaving today thinking about how do we help teachers feel confident enough in ChatGPT and Bard and Claude so they they feel they're confident in students getting that feedback so they can move to the practice of 
kids really thinking about how did this impact me as a learner, right? We finally can have that time for students to think through what helped me write this essay or think through a project outline. What was a barrier for me? Did I use the tool to do it? We simply ask, what should I start with? Right, right. Where this is my project, put in the project. Where should I begin? Yep. And it will give them a suggestion. Yeah. That doesn't mean they should just copy and paste it, but it will give them a suggestion of where to begin. So when it talks, when we talk about where should teachers begin, I would say the same place. Prompt the tool with what you need to do and simply say, where should I begin? And it will tell you. And then you can decide if that's a good starting point or you can give it another prompt that says, I don't feel comfortable there. What can I do that is like this or something? And it will tell you. Just start. Just start. So exciting. Practice and play and just start. Just a note of caution. We can talk about the cautions and whatnot with AI later because there are some, but I would highly recommend um, checking out the Center for Humane Technologies uh, YouTube channel. They have been speaking. um, So there are several opportunities to see what they're thinking about and what the drawbacks might be, but they're not talking about kids cheating they're talking about larger societal impacts of AI and they're helping us get to the real conversation about what we should be concerned with and helping us not focus so much on whether or not our students are cheating. So I would highly recommend if you're wanting to know the counter side to what it means to use AI, I would definitely check out their YouTube channel, the Center for Humane Technology. And we'll probably talk about that at some point because again, AI is one of those things where while it's I'm very much in support of diving in because of the barriers that it removes for our learners and ourselves, I also am treading cautiously with what potentially needs to be regulated and have policies written around it. But for now, I think the best way to do to figure out how you feel about it is to just practice and play. Absolutely. Missy, it was so nice talking to you about UDL and AI today. Just kind of like synthesizing the learning we've been doing. We have been doing tons of learning. So just just for perspective, ChatGPT released their large language model to the world on November 30th of 2022. So this technology is not even one year old yet in the mainstream public, and it is definitely taking us by storm. And so synthesizing our learning is really, really important. So here's to that. And let's, we'll see you next time. (laughs) We'll be talking about something. I'm not actually sure what, but we will definitely be back. So as I always say, have a great day. Don't get in trouble. That's a wrap for this episode of UDL Forward. We hope you found our discussion insightful and inspiring. Making education accessible and engaging for all students is really important work. Before we go, we want to remind you to please subscribe to UDL Forward on your favorite podcast platform and tell a friend to listen to. And don't forget to join our always on, always available online community at udlforward.community. 
In the community, you can connect with like-minded educators and share your thoughts, experiences, and questions related to UDL. We'd love to see you there and continue this important conversation. Until next time, keep pushing those boundaries of education and moving UDL forward.